Thank you, musicians, singers. We're going to give them a break for a few minutes. They're going to come back somewhere in the middle of my message, and we're going to sing again. Then another hour or two. No, I'm just teasing. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord tonight. It's good to be together. As I said, some are experiencing some sinus issues, and I've got a little problem with that, and I hope it's not uncomfortable for you tonight. I hope I don't clear my throat and the microphone and all that kind of stuff that happens sometimes. But uh, sometimes we get our timing off when we're trying to talk and get our throat clear. So you would think after 50 years of doing this, it wouldn't do that, huh, Brother Bill? <laughs> Good to have Brother Bill and Brother Joe with us in the house of the Lord tonight. I appreciate that they've been ministering, but it's always good to see him come home, talk about the carol today, and uh, he said, I wish I was home, <laughs> but he still has a couple of weeks left on his journey. Let's pray for them. He's ministering tonight for Brother David Murphy, and this coming weekend, he'll be in Meade, Pennsylvania, ministering there, so keep them in your prayer. Sister Loretta said, to tell you hello and thank you for the prayers. Sister Juanita said to thank you for the prayers uh, that you've been praying for them and uh, continue to hold one another up in the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight about a mind at peace. A mind at peace. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse number 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I got a feeling he loved them. He, he thought they were special. He called them his joy and his crown. They were high on his list. He said, I beseech Judas and Synthica that they be of the same mind of the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Can you say amen to the word? The apostle uh, you can go ahead and put up the next slide. 
The apostle exhorts the Philippians in verse 1 to stand fast to the Lord. He entreats two brethren in the church who seem to be alienated from one another that they be reconciled. And in verse 3, he entreats the one that he calls a true yoke fellow, somebody that had labored alongside of him in the cause of Christ to assist those women that had also labored with him in the gospel. And then from 4 to 9 of our reading, he commands. He commands them to rejoice in the Lord. He commands that their moderation be known to all. He commands that they have no anxiety about worldly matters, but in all their necessities to go to God and to do whatever is honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report. Peace. The world is dying and fighting and warring and drugging and everything they can to try to find peace. The New Agers are yogaing and whatever they call that stuff. But they're trying everything to get peace. I'm glad we found it. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 37, the scripture says, And there arose a great storm of wind. The waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, say, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. There's a few things in that story I wonder about. It, uh, I've heard it preached that they were bailing water. They were rowing. Jesus was sleeping. The scripture said that the water was had filled up the boat. Jesus found a dry place. <laughs> Somehow, his pillow was dry. <laughs> I don't know how the ship was constructed. I don't know. Actually, the scripture tells us that it was just the boat. It wasn't a ship. But he was in the back and he was asleep. How can you sleep in a time like that? Well, if you're Jesus, and if you're the master, then all that's going on, you're already in charge of. So you know the end from the beginning, and you can sleep. Was he wet? I don't know. But they woke him. And when he rose, he talked to the elements, the universe, like he were speaking to a human being. 
he addressed the storm with his voice and said, that's enough. That's enough noise out of you. It's time for you to settle down. Be calm. The wind stopped blowing and the seas became calm. Now, all of this is quite miraculous because it does take a while for a sea to get calm when the wind stops. Kara, we took her to the Gulf of Mexico, and she said, when is it going to stop? I said, what, baby? The waves. <laughs> I said, babe, they're not going to stop. But that day, Scripture said they stopped immediately. It was calm because Jesus calmed it. We must understand that he can calm any storm. No matter how great the wind or no matter how high the waves. But then on the other hand, he does not always calm the storm when he calms us. Sometimes he just calms us in the midst of the storm. That's the peace I really like. In John 16 and 33, he said, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so the place we need to find ourselves is in Christ. Because he's asleep in the storm, and if you're in him, you can sleep in the storm as well. Notice what the Apostle Paul, he addresses not only the peace situation, but he addressed the need for peace in the church. The Lord desires that we live peaceably with each other. That's, that's what he wants his church to have. He, must, he understands that we, we need to have peace. But that's not peace at any price. I remember, I don't know if he was your favorite president. Somebody listed him as favorite president, Jimmy Carter. And his idea of peace was give them something. If they want it, let's quit fighting about it. Just give it to them. You know, you want the, you want the uh, what was the canal down there? Panama Canal? You just give it to them. And we'll pay you to keep it. Hello. Anyway, but that was kind of his philosophy, you know. That, well, let's don't fight about it. We'll just give it to you. Well, there's some things it, you just can't have peace at any price. But there is a tranquility that can come in the church by virtue of truth and righteousness. We find ourselves maintaining harmony in the church. Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 1 said, I therefore, the Apostle Paul writing again, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Notice he said, it's important that you walk worthy of what you're called into. 
with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, with forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's peace, but it doesn't come without a price. And so whatever it takes to have maintaining the peace in the church, that's what we ought to do. So to properly maintain that peace and harmony among members in the body, there must be a submission and an obedience to Jesus Christ. The scripture said, submit yourselves one to another and submit yourself to the Lord. There must be an obedience. Brother Tenney made a statement that uh, has so much impact. He said, there is no seed sown in wartime. If there is fighting in the church body, there will be no planting. It will always be fighting. So we must endeavor to keep peace so that we can sow the seed of the Word of God into hearts and lives. In our body, if, if I have a disease that attacks my brain and my hand doesn't know how to cooperate with my foot, there is communication problems in the brain. But if everything is functioning properly in my brain, my hand never gets into a conflict with my feet. Because God designed it to work in harmony. If every member in the body is properly connected to the head, Jesus Christ, then we have no problem functioning in peace and harmony. Yudia and Synthike were members of the body of the church in Philippi obviously having a problem that reached a level where the Apostle Paul had to put it in a letter so that everybody would read it, that they needed to get it together. We must be on guard constantly concerning our influence of the members of the body of Christ that we are with. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderings, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. He said, of which things I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we find ourselves, we must constantly examine ourselves to see if we are producing works of the flesh or producing the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to do one or the other. It's, it's a natural thing to produce the flesh. It's a supernatural thing to produce the fruit of the Spirit. 
Proverbs 6, 16 said, These six things the Lord doth hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that are swift to running, in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The Apostle Paul called upon a fellow, yoke fellow, somebody that labored with him in the gospel to help two ladies that also labored with him in the gospel. There's a difference between being a peacemaker and a meddler. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13 said, Wherewithal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. The Apostle Paul had found two women here that were not of that sort, but they were busy in the kingdom of God, laboring, doing the work of the kingdom. Sometimes a peacemaker doesn't have to say anything, but simply monitor a situation in prayer. At other times, a peacemaker can be a circuit breaker of gospel. Somebody tells you something, you don't repeat it, it dies. That's the end. You become a circuit breaker. You don't carry it to another person. A peacemaker can bring unity by refusing to take sides. The Apostle Paul then began to address the situation that is near and dear to all of us, and that is peace in the heart. Peace of heart. That peace deep settled on the inside. What's that next slide you have, brother? Just whatever's next. Be joyful in the Lord. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You say, well, you know, that's easy to say. But I've been some situations and some places and some times and I've had times in my life where it was not easy to rejoice. Remember, the Apostle Paul was writing to them. And he was writing from a prison cell. And so if he could write from a prison cell and encourage somebody to be joyful because he himself understood how important that is, then what right have we to argue with the Word of God? He reminded them that while they may experience personal storms as a result of tragedy, of illness, they could still experience the joy of the Lord in their heart. The joy of the Lord is different from happiness because the joy of the Lord 
is abiding. It's lasting. It's implanted in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So in every situation, a person can find joy in the presence of God's Spirit in his life, regardless of the world that is swirling around the outside. Proverbs 14.10 said, The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. So we know what we're going through. We know the pain. We know the bitterness. But hey, you're not messing with my joy. I know who I am. I know what he's done for me. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't let anything, anybody steal your joy. Don't be anxious. Live in Christ. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, made known unto God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Notice, he's casting. The, the apostle knew what it was. He was a fisherman. He knew what it was to cast a net. He said, cast your care upon him. I was talking to somebody today, and they were telling me their situation, and I could tell that they were praying, and he said, every time I wake up, I pray about it. All day long, I, I pray about it. I said, what you need to do is cast it away from you on to him and leave it there. <laughs> that don't mean it's going to be on your mind the next time you get a waking thought and you start all over again in your prayer. Because you cast it on him. This little poem said, skip lightly over trouble. Skip lightly over wrong. You'll only make them double when you're dwelling on them long. Be careful. Be prayerful. And be thankful in everything. Be prayerful. And thankful in everything. Dwight Moody said, careful for nothing, prayerful for everything, thankful for anything. Notice the apostle said, in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Put it all in there on Jesus. Everybody in this house has the privilege of prayer. And if anybody in this world should be filled with joy and thanksgiving, it is you and I that have been born again. 
This song by James Huey says, When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost, when I think about the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Peace. 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 I can go to Him in prayer with thanksgiving in my heart when I'm in my deepest dark trial what he's already done. <laughs> if the rest of the world fell apart, what he's already done gives me reason to say thank you, Jesus. Because his blood purchased my redemption. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He said, don't even rejoice about the devil thing, you know, about casting out devils. And all, but rejoice, rather, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Peace is a work of God's Holy Spirit. Do you know that He can put peace in your mind? Yeah, he, he's, he's the peace speaker. In fact, he said, the peace of God passes all understanding. And that peace will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. The world is looking for peace today. And so he says, let your moderation be known. Let, let your life example what Christ and living in Christ and the Spirit of God living in you can do. Manifest it to the world. Davis and Johnson in their work said, the heart is the incubator of attitudes and actions. If one fosters a heart that is at peace with God and himself, his actions will be automatically revealed such. wept over Jerusalem because he said if you if you would have only known who walked among you what I could have done for you and the peace that belonged to you the peace that belonged to you but he said now they're hid from your eyes still to the day they're, they're searching for that peace but I thank God that he has opened the eyes of the Gentiles and you and I enjoy that peace. He said in the Old Testament, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because of your trust in Jesus Christ. 
Repentance begins that peace process. That turning away and turning to. Finding that peace. What he said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just and pure and lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue. He said, even, even though it's all those things, if, if there's no virtue, don't even think about it. But if there's any virtue and if there's any praise, think on these things. most of the time our lack of peace is a result of what we're thinking we're thinking so if I could just if I could just turn my mind off and that's that's why the new age movement goes to uh, people chanting mantras and doing yoga and all that kind of crazy stuff not of the Lord that's new age that's that's seeking out an answer through humanism slips off into spiritism not the spirit of God but into Satanism you don't need to go there you just simply need to lose yourself in the work of the Holy Ghost and let the peace of God settle in your heart in your mind Thomas Elmore psychiatrist in Winston-Salem North Carolina has traced the rising rate of mental depression to our excessive emphasis on possessions. He said it is rooted in our lack of ability to distinguish wants from needs. We want fame. What we need is recognition. We want power. What we need is influence and guide. We want prestige. We need respect. We want big cars, expensive homes. What we need is transportation and shelter. We want freedom. What we need is discipline. So we need to develop the attitude of Fanny Crosby, who at only six weeks old, six months old, whichever one of the historical accounts you follow, she lost her eyesight due to a malpractice situation. Despite that handicap, she grew up to compose some 9,000 songs. When someone found her giftedness, clergyman thought that he would compliment her by saying, Oh, if you could have only maintained your sight. She said, No, if I had my choice, I would have been born blind so that I can see the things that I see. She said, Oh, happy soul I am. Although I cannot see, I resolve that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot. And I won't. It was she that in these words blessed assurance Jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation purchase of God born of his spirit washed in his blood 
This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Blind, she wrote. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture. <laughs> now burst on my soul. When you read her songs, you will find many of them talking about seeing the stars, all the beauties that she never saw. But somehow, she could see. So, last slide. Brother Ron, go us all the way to the end, to the last slide. Peace with God brings the peace of God. It is the peace that settles our nerves, fills our minds, floods our spirit, and in the midst of an uproar around us, gives us the assurance that everything is all right. Everything is all right. Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that's there in the absence of it all. How many times, Lord Jesus, you have calmed me when the situation never changed that had brought me such anxiety. No, nothing had ever changed there, but you brought the change in me because I realized you were in charge and you had it all in control. I thank you for that. I pray for this congregation today, every heart, every mind, every life, whatever anxiousness that is troubling them today, that, God, they could be wrapped in your peace find themselves in you. What a wonderful, peaceful place. Because as Isaiah saw you coming, the Prince of Peace. Thank you for that today. Go with us, we ask in your name, Jesus. Everybody say amen. God bless you. Remember the offering. Greet one another in love. Bring somebody to church with you this Sunday. Let's experience Jesus one day.